Welcome to Flipside of the Coin, the podcast where we take an issue and one week we present a reasonable, viable argument why people would take one side of it, and then the next week we do the same for the other side. Have you ever talked to someone and asked yourself, how could they possibly think that? Here, we aim to help you answer that exact question by explaining the rationale and logic behind common positions to issues that we see today. We do not position ourselves to be experts, nor do we claim that our podcast is an exhaustive resource behind a specific reasoning. Our aim is to be a starting place, a place where you can come and listen to an opposing viewpoint without feeling the need to defend yourself or feel that your position is being minimized. In today's world, as people feel more and more marginalized and separated by ideas, we want to help build a bridge between people who may not always see eye to eye on everything by helping them see the logic and merit in another position. We don't expect you to change your views, but we do hope that by listening, we can help you open a dialogue with friends and neighbors who you may not agree with, or at the very least, we hope that we can help you see them with more empathy and understanding. Let's get into it. Today, we will dive into the wonderful and enchanting world of political primary elections. With it being an election year, many of us are thinking nearly constantly about the upcoming election. Elections are complex and can be confusing and oftentimes frustrating to watch and take part in. Primary elections, to make sure that we are setting the stage, are the initial elections that take place within political parties before the general election. They are there to help the party decide as a group who they want to position as their candidate in any specific election. This is meant to help choose the strongest candidate for a specific election so the party, as a whole, can support a single candidate in a unified front rather than have multiple candidates from the same party running against each other. And then everyone gets some votes, but no one gets a large amount of votes and the election process then becomes more volatile. What happens is that several candidates will put their names forward, saying they want to run for the party for a specific position. Then they have an internal campaign within their party, where they position themselves as the best candidate for their party for this specific race. The party members decide and cast their votes, and the general consensus is that the best and most fit candidate wins that primary election then goes on to the general election for the actual position with the backing of their party. The position we will be taking today is the defense and support of closed primaries. For the uninitiated, closed primaries are when the primary election for a party is restricted to only registered members of that party. What this means is that someone who is registered as a Republican can't vote in the Democratic Party's primary election, and vice versa. So if I were to live somewhere that holds closed primary elections, then I would have to register as a member of the party in whose primary election I want to participate in. If I were a registered Republican, I could not vote for the Democrats' nominee. If I were unaffiliated, then I could not vote in either party's primary election. Now, not every state does their primaries this way. As of right now, some states have open primaries, some have closed, and some have a hybrid of the two systems in place. 
like California with their top two system or Alaska with their top four. The reason that this is not uniform across the country is because the states have the powers granted to them to administer elections and set their own election laws. Primary elections are not written into the U.S. Constitution, and therefore, under the Tenth Amendment of the Constitution, which grants powers to the states where it has not been expressly given to the federal government within the Constitution, states have the autonomy to establish their own election laws and processes. One of the main reasons people stand behind closed primaries is to encourage party cohesion and engagement. Because the primary election is limited only to those who are registered members of the party, the party's nominee is decided by people who affiliate and stand with the party. Remember, the primary election is to help choose the candidate which the party feels is best suited for the position and then carries the best platform and the best chances to win the general election. As such, the party wants to select their best who will carry their values and objectives by limiting who can take part in the primary. The party ensures that those who are voting for the candidate are people who are affiliates who share the party's values and ideals. Another reason people support closed primaries is that it prevents what is called party rating. Party rating is when voters who are members of the other party or who lean to the other side of the political spectrum attend an open primary and instead of picking who they think is the strongest candidate, they vote for who they think is the weakest candidate. This would mean that instead of the primary election resulting with a candidate who people think would do a good job and would have a good chance of winning the general election, they end up presenting a weak candidate who does not have a very strong chance of winning or who would alienate moderate or unaffiliated voters. Imagine you are registered with a party and there are three candidates in the primary election who are running for the nomination to represent your state in the U.S. Senate. One candidate is a former mayor of a major city in your state who's had a long and stable tenure. Another is a local entrepreneur and philanthropist who has contributed a lot of projects and time and money to the community. Then the third candidate is a local newscaster who got fired from their job after they went on a weekend bender and killed a family of five in a DUI accident. Now, most local residents are more interested in the first two candidates, and they are both polling well, and it seems like either one could be a strong nominee to run for senator for your party. However, come election day for the primary election, somehow a block of voters who are not affiliates with your party show up to the polls and vote for the third candidate, and they win the nomination thus sabotaging your party's chance to present a strong, viable candidate to the general public. Now, when the average voter shows up on election day, they will have the option to either vote for the opposing party's person or to vote for your candidate, who is the weaker candidate that your party had to offer. Now, this may sound a bit far-fetched, but if you think about it in terms of competition between parties, one way to help push your party to a win is to present a strong candidate for your party, and the other is to ensure that the candidate for the other party is weak and unelectable, 
thus making your party's candidate more attractive to undecided voters. Party rating has occurred several times in our nation's history. For example, in 2012, there were reports of Democrats crossing party lines to vote in the Republican primary in Maine to vote for Ron Paul as the Republican nominee for president. The idea here was to disrupt the Republican nomination process and to help bolster President Barack Obama's chances of winning re-election. Another example was the Democratic primaries in 1972. Republican and conservative voters aimed to disrupt the Democratic Party's nomination process by voting for candidates who were seen as divisive or more extreme in an effort to boost then-President Richard Nixon's chances for re-election. Closed primaries are in place in part to prevent this from happening and therefore help ensure that any party involved in an election has the best chance to present their strongest candidate to the general voting public. Something to keep in mind when talking about primary elections is the fact that closed primaries can mean that candidates are being selected by a small percentage of actual voters, which is a problem democracy struggles with anyways. In general, primary election turnouts tends to be somewhere between 20 and 40% of eligible voters. That means that 60 to 80% of eligible voters are generally not engaging during primaries. Now, this can vary between state and party. In a state where there is a highly competitive race, then you will tend to see a higher turnout. But in general, primary elections tend to see a lower turnout rate than general elections. This means that in the primary election, the candidates, and therefore the actual landscape and options of the general election, where who will take the actual position is decided, are being chosen by a relatively small block of voters. Take this as a call to action. If you don't like the options being presented in your elections, then start engaging in the primaries so your options are better when November comes. Because the actual percentage of voters in primary elections tends to be quite low, it also means that the profile of the voters engaging during primaries are different than those who are expected to turn out for general elections. In general, those who turn out for primary elections tend to be true believers or those who are more involved in the political party and therefore tend to be less moderate than your average voter. What this means is that a risk that closed primary elections present is that while the aim, in theory, for a primary election is to select the candidate who will most likely appeal to moderate and undecided voters, the people actually doing the voting tend to not match that profile. Because they tend to be more towards the end of the political spectrum, candidates are obliged to have to appeal to the far ends of the spectrum to win their primaries. Therefore, the more divisive candidate who appeals to a more extreme crowd may actually win the primary election rather than a more moderate candidate who would appeal to a wider range of voters. However, while closed primaries have their own risks, like any political model, they have their benefits as well. One major benefit of a closed primary is that when a candidate for a party is nominated in a closed primary, there is an expectation of accountability to their party and to their base. What this means is that with closed primaries, there is the expectation that a candidate will be more responsive to their party's values, priorities, 
and leadership because they know that they answer to their party and their constituents. It's one of the major aims of closed primaries to foster a closer relationship between a candidate and their electoral base. By limiting participation to party members, closed primaries aim to strengthen the connection between candidates and their respective parties' electoral base, thus promoting greater responsiveness and representation in the nomination process. Another critical element of closed primaries is party unity and cohesion. Political parties, which we'll get into that concept another day, are generally made up of individual people who share similar values and ideals who then come together as a larger, stronger voting unit who can accomplish much more together than they would as smaller, unorganized groups. By utilizing closed primaries, individual voters are able to actively take part in choosing their party's candidate and therefore actively shape their party culture and values. When the people who make up the party come together and select their candidate, it adds legitimacy to their platform and creates buy-in for the average party member. This helps build excitement within the party's base that can help carry the party to a victory in the general election. As we have said, closed primaries are not used everywhere. Some states choose to use open or a hybrid primary election model in their election process. People who defend closed primaries often do so because they believe that they enhance party cohesion, prevent party rating, and help foster candidate accountability to their constituents. This is not to say they are without their risks or downsides, specifically that they cater to a smaller, less diverse block of voters, and they tend to have lower turnout rates than general elections. Nevertheless, those who prefer closed primaries would claim that they are more secure and help strengthen party identity and encourage voter engagement. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that in listening to this episode on closed primaries, you have maybe gained a little more understanding about primary elections. Join us next week when we look at open primaries and look at why some states prefer to use them to close primary elections. We'll catch you on the flip side.